Welcome to the Paralegal Voice, where you hear the latest issues and trends in the world of paralegals and legal assistance by two of the best-known paralegals in the industry, Vicki Voison and Linda Venny. Each of them paralegals for over 20 years and both dedicated to helping legal professionals reach their goals. You're listening to the Legal Talk Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Paralegal Voice. Thanks for joining us for our monthly podcast here on Legal Talk Network. I'm Vicki Voison, a NALA Advanced Certified Paralegal calling in from Charlevoix, Michigan, where I work as a paralegal at Running Wise and Ford. I call myself the Paralegal Mentor and to publish a weekly e-zine titled Paralegal Strategies. More information is available at paralegalmentor.com. And I'm Lynn DeVenny, a North Carolina State Bar Certified Paralegal employed by the law firm of Elliott Pishko Morgan in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Uh, we do a lot of civil litigation. In fact, our firm is involved in two trials this week, so it's been kind of a crazy week. I also blog for the paralegal profession at practicalparalegalism.com. The goal of the Paralegal Voice is to discuss a wide range of topics important to the paralegal industry and share with you leading trends, significant developments, and resources you'll find helpful in your careers and your everyday jobs. We'll also have guests on the program to help us explore timely topics. On today's show, we'll spotlight a standout paralegal who knows her technology inside and out. You bet, Lynn. And joining us today is Kim Plonsky, a paralegal at Gainsburg, Benjamin, David, Marnier, and Warshower LLC in New Orleans, Louisiana. Kim specializes in mass tort litigation, and with over 30 years of experience in the legal field, she also writes about technology. Most recently, as the author of Creative Computing, a column that includes software reviews and feature articles for Paralegal Today magazine. She's a member of the New Orleans Paralegal Association, the Lafayette Paralegal Association, and a member of the CaseMap Client Advisory Board. Welcome to the show, Kim. Hi, hi, Lynn and Vicki. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you had time to do this today. We're pretty excited about it. Um, could you tell us about um, your current position, a little bit about what you do with the mass tort litigation? It sounds interesting. Yes, it's very interesting. And I, I actually went from one end of the spectrum. I, I was formerly, for the last five years, a freelance paralegal working mostly for solo practitioners. Now I'm on the other end of the spectrum working in full-blown uh, MDL mass tort litigation in some of the cases that most of us would be familiar with from the headlines, national headlines. So I do a lot of trial preparation and attendance, initial client interviews, and just managing these monster cases uh, with lots of moving parts, which makes it very challenging. Well, Kim, having you on our program today is really very timely because there's an article posted at lawjobs.com. It's an article written by Kim Walker for the Legal Intelligencer, and it the title of the article is, What Do Attorneys Wish Paralegals Knew? And the first answer was they wish they knew more about, you know, they had a more basic understanding of the new software and technology that's used in the law office because they don't have time to do that themselves. So with taking off from that, tell us what sparked your interest in technology and what steps did you take to become a technology expert? 
Well, um, I have to say that having started out in the um, legal field 34 years ago in 1976, that was at the birth of technology in the modern office. And, uh, you know, we had IBM Selectric typewriters, and we were in a waiting line to get the self-correcting version. So I've actually witnessed this technology, this movement, take place and explode. And I just got caught up in it from from the very beginning, you know, from the IBM mag card. And I know there aren't many people around who remember that technology, but I've kind of watched the whole birth and evolution. And I just, I'm, I'm primarily self-taught, just um, had an interest, read the books, um, practiced, you know, tried my hands at different things. And um, that's that's how I did it. Kim, I noticed when you you know talked about being in the field for thirty years, um, you started just a few years earlier than me. And one of the uh, fun slides in my social media presentation is a review of how much technology has changed. And I always get a big laugh out of the flashing DOS prompt, which you can probably remember those. <laughs> I do remember that. And, and in fact, I, I had to make someone in my office laugh the other day because I can distinctly remember the day that. Post-it notes first landed on my desk in the 70s. You know, instead of paper clips, we now had post-it notes. I guess we're really going to start dating ourselves now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know a lot of our listeners are going to be interested to hear what kinds of technology you use every day on the job, um, such as case management, trial assistance software, and other kinds of technology. Uh, well, you know, I'm I'm using now. I think the standout and must have in in today's law office across the board. You know, law firms use different types of document management systems, different types of litigation and case management, and so much of that is dictated by the firm that you work for and the software that they provide. But but a common denominator in today's law office is you have to be proficient in Adobe Acrobat. Our courts use it for e-filing. It's just the de facto standard for exchanging documents by email or in any other way. And and a lot of people don't realize the power of a PDF and the power of Adobe Acrobat. And that's one of the things that I really believe in. I believe Adobe Acrobat, the full version, not the free software, is the backbone of today's paralegal software arsenal. You know, it's versatile. We do everything with it from Bates numbering. We can do watermarks. We can do redaction, uh, commenting, you know, reviewing, collaborating. I mean, the power of the PDF, I just can't sing the praises enough. So, you know, without getting into specific, you know, programs like, you know, everybody's going to like their amicus attorney or their PC law that their firm has installed and, and wants them to use. But to go beyond that, something that reaches, I think, every paralegal in every office just about, you would have to say, I would have to say, Adobe Acrobat right alongside either Word or WordPerfect uh, for your word processing and your email. Well, that's great advice, Kim. And I have to tell you that I've watched this technology uh, explosion right along with you because I remember correcting eight carbon copies. So that's how dated 
I can be, but I will tell you, yeah, that just, and, and, you know, when we got liquid paper, that was fabulous, but I, um, that makes me appreciate technology so much and I find it also fascinating. But my next question for you is, do you use a smartphone for work? I do. Um, um, I have an iPhone, and I simply love my iPhone. Um, now, I'm not a BlackBerry user, and I know BlackBerry has a lot of the similar things and maybe even a little bit more as far as encryption and things. But just for example, I mean, I was in, in federal court in a trial, and one of the attorneys needed one of the rules of evidence, and I just nobody had a book. And I just whipped out my iPhone, which, of course, I have the federal rules uh, of evidence um, and the civil procedure and all of the statutes on my iPhone, and I was able to provide it to the attorney, came to the rescue. I use it also, you know, of course, for email, staying in touch with the office. Um, so, yes, very much um, incorporate an iPhone into my business day. Kim, I'm going to have to talk iTech with you after this podcast. Um, my carrier does not offer the iPhone, but I did break down and buy the iPad. I know exactly some of those free apps you talk about with those terrific rules of civil procedure and all kinds of other great stuff. So I just love it. I, you know, I just can't imagine life without it. Um, you've written a number of software reviews and columns for Paralegal Today. In fact, that's how I first, you know, you first came to, to my knowledge was reading your columns in the magazine. Um, how did you become a technology columnist? Well, when blogs first came out, and I want to say this was um, like 2001, 2002, I was one of the, the first bloggers and certainly one of the first paralegal bloggers. I had a uh, a blog called uh, Pulling Needles Out of Haystacks, short-lived, very short-lived. It was intense. I couldn't, I just couldn't handle the full-time work as a paralegal and maintaining the blog. But I, within just a short period of time, uh, that blog just led to me being featured in an article um, that legal... Uh, it was called Legal Assistant Today at the time. Now the magazine is Paralegal Today, incorporating Legal Assistant Today. Um, I got chosen with four other paralegals in the nation, five paralegals of Delta Winning Hand, and we talked about our top five technology picks. Um, from that, I was offered uh, the right... I've written feature articles for the magazine. After that, I was um, offered to do software reviews and simultaneously offered a column called Creative Computing, which I have uh, maintained for about the last five years and just recently have taken a little break from it since I've started this uh, heavy work in mass tort litigation. Did you ever recommend that um, any of your employers purchase any of the software you reviewed? Absolutely. Um, And reviewing software, uh, really, and writing for the magazine, I felt like made me better at my job because it allowed me, you know, to step outside my little comfort zone of, you know, the softwares that I'm used to, the technologies that I'm used to, and and get out there and find out what else is going on. And, And that has led to me... Um, finding out about new software that would be beneficial in my office and recommending it and in, in a lot of cases implementing it. Well, Kim, you get a, you know, you have a lot of opportunities to uh, review the latest software. So what we'd like to know is what's the, the coolest software you recall reviewing? 
Uh, that that's a tough <laughs> tough question to answer uh, because generally I like all software. I mean, I really do like technology a lot, and I can just gush about just about any software, it seems like. But uh, two of the ones that stand out in my mind, uh, one called Legal 55 is just an, uh, a great uh, software that tracks your time in real time and reports back to you. If any of uh, the paralegal listeners, well, I'm sure we, you have a lot of paralegal listeners that, like me, have to track their time in some way, shape, or form, which is just a real headache and a chore. Um, Legal 55, it, it it's resident on your computer, and it uh, monitors your whatever you do on your computer, and um, tracks that and reports back to you by email on a daily basis what you spent your time on. And uh, it's great. It even works for BlackBerry, iPhone, um, your telephone, um, Outlook, Word, websites you're browsing, and over time it learns what files and matters those are associated with to help you. You know, it helps you for a number of ways. You know, I work for a plaintiff law firm, and we don't track time for billing purposes, but we do it for planning, projection, you know, accounting for, you know, staff needs and that kind of thing, and it's just great. Uh, the other one is DocX Tools that I thought was really a standout. It's an add-on for Microsoft Word that um, handles quality control, document cleanup. Um, it, it extends the capabilities of Microsoft Word to make it more functional for lawyers. So those are the two that I really that really stand out in my mind. Uh, Kim, I think we're going to switch the. Uh, top extreme a little bit here. Uh, I think Vicki and I both hear from a lot of paralegals, and you probably have too, uh, that are in school, uh, concerned, you know, about not knowing enough technology to be marketable from paralegals that have either been out of the workforce for a while or worked for smaller firms that didn't have a lot of technology and kind of wanted to make the leap to uh, advance their careers. And, um, you know, they're, they're all asking the same questions, um, including, you know, what do you think are the minimum technology and software skills that today's paralegals should have? Well, I mean, the, the minimum, the obvious, or, you know, word processing skills, um, Word, Microsoft Word would be number one because it's the most common, uh, WordPerfect also, I mean, not not so much word perfect. Um, email, Outlook, uh, again, Adobe Acrobat. Um, to be able to use scanning software, scanning equipment, hardware and software, uh, PowerPoint for doing presentations. Uh, digital dictation now is in the law office, and that's um, something not uh, something else that needs to be added uh, to the equation. Um, I think they should be familiar with cloud computing, software as a service, um, online collaboration tools, uh, you know, just the Internet, all of the, all of these things. They, they aren't very sophisticated. I mean, um, these are ba- basic things and, of course, great typing skills. 
Absolutely. I wasn't, uh, I didn't appreciate the um, the typing skills that I picked up in high school and how much that they would actually help me in my future. And it was something that everybody should have been doing, but you know, it wasn't that way then. But what I want to know quickly before we go to break is, you know, what resources do you recommend for people who are, you know, maybe it's not quite economically feasible for them. They don't have, they've got a limited budget. So are there any resources they can use to learn about this technology? The best resource, and it's, it's, uh, Really a no-brainer, but the best one of the best resources is to go to your uh, big websites like Adobe for Acrobat and go online tutorials. Watch the webinars; they're free. I mean, just free for the asking. You just go. And one of the things that I like to recommend in the law firms where I work is there are so many of these resources available. Another software that I use a lot is called CaseMap by LexisNexis. CaseMap has just a huge library of webinars. And in our firms, what I like to do is have a weekly lunch meeting where the firm brings in lunch, and we all get together and we watch a particular webinar on a particular subject so that we can master each of these programs a little bit at a time. Kim, that's a great idea. Um, we're actually looking at case map for our firm, so I've been doing a lot of research, and it just really looks exciting. So to hear you recommend it um, is good. Um, it's time for us to take a quick break now. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Kim Plonsky. NALA means professional. NALA offers classroom and web-based continuing education and professional development for all paralegals. And NALA's certified paralegal credential has been a gold standard of professionalism for over 30 years. More than 15,000 paralegals have this certification, and nearly 2,000 have achieved the demanding advanced certified paralegal. NALA works actively with others in the legal field to promote the value of paralegals and to advance paralegal professionalism. See more about why NALA means professional at www.nala.org. Interested in having a show on Legal Talk Network? We'd like to talk to you about building your firm's marketing strategy with legal podcasts. Give us a call at 781-551-9960. That's LegalTalkNetwork.com. Welcome back to the Paralegal Voice. I'm Vicki Voison, and our guest today is Kim Plonsky, a paralegal at Gainsburg, Benjamin, David, Marnier, and Warshower LLC in New Orleans, Louisiana. Now, Kim, a lot of our listeners would like to advance their careers, but they express concern that they lack experience with some of the legal software that's used in law firms today. And so, Kim, what are some of your favorite online resources for keeping up with today's legal technology? Some of the ones I like, of course, are Law Technology News, um, PDF for Lawyers, and Ernie the Attorney, both by Ernie Svensson, who is really an expert on law office technology. There's one for iPhone uh, lovers called iPhone JD, which is uh, great resources for 
lawyers that use iPhones. Um, the South Carolina Trial Law blog, of all things, has great technology tips, advice, software reviews, and anything you, you want to know about current technology. Uh, DennisKennedy.com. Of course, Dennis Kennedy is an expert in legal technology, and you can't ever go wrong with Mr. Kennedy's advice. And um, Litter Reviews. It's L-I-T-I. R-E-V-I-E-W-S dot Lexbe, L-E-X-B-E dot com. That is a, uh, you'll find a, a compilation there of uh, legal software reviews from around the web. So if you're looking at a particular software product, you just go in at Litter Reviews and type in the search box, say, Case Map, and up will come the uh reviews of that software from around the web, and that's really helpful. Uh, Kim, for our listeners, hopefully we can uh, get some of those uh, links from you, and we'll post them uh, in our show notes so that the listeners can check them out. Um, We may have mentioned this, but um, we could talk to you all day, but we are going to have to wind this up. Um, Other than your iPhone, which you mentioned earlier, and I know you probably love it, do you have a favorite electronic or digital gadget? I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) Yes, I have a LiveScribe smart pen. Are you familiar with that? Oh, yes. Wow. It is incredible. And for it is a an ink pen that videotapes your writing, records the conversation, and uploads to your uploads your notes to your computer, searchable format, and at any point in time, you open your special notebook that you write these notes in, and you point your special pen to a word, and it will start the recording at that point in the conversation. You know, I have a very good friend whose name is Melissa Dawn Frick, and Melissa works at LifeScribe, so I always find it interesting to talk to her about their their latest gadgets. Oh, well, that's interesting. And you know, they, they actually do pen casts. With the smart pen. But, um, no, it is, they call it around the office here my spy pen. Uh, <laughs> but it is, it is really neat, and it's a way to um, keep those notes with you. Like, I don't have to, I no longer have to search for a single piece of paper on my desk that has some note. I can be at home, log on to my computer remotely, and just go to my, uh, where I keep my LiveScribe files, and there it is, my notes in electronic format. Sounds like uh, that I rely on Evernote uh, in a similar fashion. So um, it's great. You know, I hate Post-its. And we mentioned them earlier. I used to love them. But now that you can put your notes in, in the cloud and get them anywhere, it's so nice to have some of these uh, cloud applications. Besides uh, that, Post-it notes just get, they're just clutter on your desk. Yes. You know, it's it's time, to, time to get rid of those. That's true. Uh, Kim, if our listeners would like more information on any of today's topics, how could they reach you? Uh, My email address is kplonsky, it's k-p-l-o-n-s-k-y at gmail.com. 
And if I could just add one more thing in closing, one word of advice for technology lovers and people who want to learn more is one mistake that I think a lot of us make, and I've done this myself, is to get overwhelmed and try to learn it all. You're not going to learn any one software or any program in one day. So rather than try to learn everything that a software program can do, my approach is try to learn everything it's capable of doing, not how you actually do it, because when the time comes when I need to do that thing that I learned I could do, it's easy enough to go on Google and find out how you, how you do it physically, but just knowing what a software is capable of just expands your horizons and, and um, really allows you to really learn the program in and out. Kim, that's great advice. And I know whenever I try, you know, I start to learn a new software program, sometimes it's really just overwhelming because there's so much. So I like that idea of just, you know, learning what it can do. I think that that's what works for me, you know, is I got bogged down in learning the physical steps to do each thing. It would be impossible. I cannot learn, you know, I get worn out before I I get enough of my learning in, but right. when I do it this way, just try to learn everything it's capable of doing, then when that instant comes up in the future, I can just look it up quickly. Right, right. Yeah, it's overwhelming. Well, Kim, we thank you for joining us today for the Paralegal Voice. And to our listeners, if you have questions about today's show, please email them to theparalegalvoice at gmail.com. We're going to take another short break, and then we'll come back with some paralegal news and announcements. Be right back. Introducing Westlaw Deposition Services. Our team will arrange the deposition logistics for you anywhere in the world. Our court reporters are certified live note reporters, making them the very best real-time reporters available. Our professional video production team produces trial-ready video, digitized and synced to the transcript. Experience the Westlaw Deposition Services difference so you can focus on the essential aspects of your work. To schedule a deposition, call 1-800-548-3668 or visit westlawdepositions.com. Welcome back to the Paralegal Voice, and this is the time when Lynn and I give our practice tips or social media tips, and I do have a practice tip today, Lynn. Um, I've been doing a lot of speaking lately and traveling, and I've, I've done this week um, an ethics uh, presentation, and it's how to plan for and meet crucial deadlines, which is very important in our profession. And I, I want to tell everyone that the best thing they can do is make lists. And we all know that we're probably all, that's something that paralegals just do is make lists. But to-do lists can just be a wish list. And that's how they can end up. There are things you'd like to do, but you don't, you know, you don't ever get to the end. So the best thing to do is to take those lists and break the um, the job down that you'd like to do or whatever project you're working on into manageable chunks so that you, um, you know, you're not looking at a huge job, you're looking at smaller tasks. And then the best thing to do is to schedule those on your in your planner or your calendaring system, whatever you use, whatever 
works best for you, so that you've got an appointment to get those things done. And that's how you move your lists along, and you don't just end up with a wish list that goes on day after day after day and nothing's ever finished. So that's my practice tip. And do you have a social media tip today, Lynn? Yeah, I was going to talk a little bit about paralegal blogs. Uh, Criminal Justice Degree Schools recently posted its list of top 25 paralegal blogs and included your blog as well as mine, uh, which is pretty thrilling. But the most notable aspect of our inclusion wasn't that we beat out hundreds of other paralegal blogs, but that there are 25 paralegal blogs now, including several new bloggers. Um, I'll include the link uh, to the the list in our show notes so you guys can check them out. But I hope you'll encourage your blogging colleagues by subscribing to their blog feeds, leaving comments and feedback, and sharing the blog links with your colleagues um, or other members of your association or your co-workers. Uh, most bloggers welcome guest posts uh, from paralegals and other people working in the legal field, and it's a great way just to try your hand at writing a short post. Um, and I'll just add that Practical Paralegalism is still hosting a contest to win the first five books in the Odelia Gray Mystery Series by Sue Ann Jafarian, which is fantastic. You'll want to sit down and read them all at once. Uh, And all you have to do is submit a paralegal profile or a short guest post by October 31st. And I'd love to hear from you guys because practical paralegalism is about you. And they're going to love those books, Lynn. I just think they're fabulous. So, okay. Well, that's all the time we have today for the Paralegal Voice. Don't forget to check out the show notes on our blogs, practicalparalegalism.com and paralegalmentor.com. This is Lynn DeVenny. And this is Vicki Voison, thanking you all for joining us today and reminding you to make your paralegal voice heard. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to The Paralegal Voice with Linda Venny and Vicki Voison. This podcast is produced by the Legal Talk Network. Be sure to get the next edition of the podcast. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.